The scripture today comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. Hear now the word of God. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and when they told Jesus about her, he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak, because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A couple of years ago, my mother gave me a treasure. Now, I remember growing up and watching my grandmother use her hands to produce beautiful pieces. She could crochet, she could tat, and she would take one piece of thread, one piece of yarn, and she would loop it and connect it together, and in her very skilled hands, that would become, that one piece of thread, that one piece of yarn, would become a beautiful, useful piece. Some of the yarn was looped and connected in such a way that it became an afghan. Some of the thread was looped and connected in such a way that it became a beautiful piece of lace to edge a pillowcase or a sheet or a hand towel. Some of the yarn was looped and connected in such a way that it became a scarf or it became a hat. Now, some of you, I'm sure, still do such work today. Some of you may crochet, you may knit, you may create tatting. It's hard to believe that one piece of yarn or thread could be looped and connected and worked into something that is truly useful. But there you are. It happened. I watched my grandmother through all of my years growing up do just that. A couple of years ago, my mother gave me a treasure. She had found several crocheted Christmas ornaments made by my grandmother, and she shared them with me and with my brother. Hanging those bells and those stars on my Christmas tree, knowing that they were made by my grandmother, is very special. I marvel at the delicate work, knowing that each piece is one single thread and could be damaged very easily. Something could potentially break the one thread, a small pull, and the entire piece could unravel and return to its original state. One long thread that isn't looped, that isn't connected in any useful way. One long thread that contains a significant amount of potential but won't become anything without the hands of a master craftsman, or in the case of my grandmother, a craftswoman. The story that we've heard from Mark chapter 1 this morning actually begins very early in the same chapter. 
You heard a marvelous sermon last week preached by Reverend Julia Norman. Jesus and the disciples went to Capernaum. There they entered the synagogue where Jesus taught as one having authority, and he cast out evil spirits. After leaving the synagogue, the group went to Simon Peter's house where they found his mother-in-law sick in bed. Jesus healed her despite the fact that it was on the Sabbath, and healing was not appropriate, according to that day and time. On the Sabbath, Jesus healed her anyway. It was another example of his authority. His ability to teach as he had authority, his ability to heal, to cast out demons, and people paid attention. After sundown at the end of the Sabbath, there was a crowd outside the door of the house. Everyone had brought everyone that they could think of that might need any sort of healing, anyone that they considered demon-possessed, bring. And let's let this one who has an authority that we've never experienced before, let's let him deal with this. I expect that Jesus was up very late into the night because I cannot believe that he would turn anyone away. I cannot believe that he would ask anyone to wait. So he was up very late in the night, and then very early the next morning, while it was still dark, he was up and out of the house for a specific purpose. He was out of the house looking for a quiet place to pray. When the disciples found him, they were excited. Everybody's looking for you. They expected him to settle down in Capernaum, make that his home, do his healing, do his teaching from that place. Can you imagine how Simon and Andrew would have felt with Jesus permanently located in their home? But that wasn't Jesus' intention. He had no intention of settling down. Instead, he intended to travel from town to town, proclaiming the message, the new teaching, that the kingdom of God was at, was at hand. He intended to travel from town to town, explaining that the reign of God was breaking into the human realm in a new and powerful way. And all that people needed to do was turn toward God to experience that. Last week, Julia spoke of the sense of urgency in Mark's message. Everything is immediate, quick. Let's move forward. Let's do it fast. Jesus arrives on the scene in Mark with a heaven-splitting force, and then he deals with Satan in the wilderness. He announces the reign of God. He chooses his disciples. He teaches as one with authority. He shows his power over the evil of demons. He heals a multitude, and he does all of this in what feels like just a matter of minutes. Jesus went from relative obscurity to being baptized by John, to collecting disciples to the synagogue in Capernaum, and then to the world, where he shared the message that God has called people to repent, and God himself has offered the grace of salvation when they respond to that call. Can you imagine what it took for Jesus to do all of that? It makes me tired just saying it, just reading the Gospel of Mark makes me feel like it's such a whirlwind. But Jesus lived it. And now we discover the source of his strength. In verse 35, we find that the source of his strength was his connection to God the Father. Behind all of the public activity, behind all of the teaching and the healing and the miracles was a life of total dependence on Abba, Father. 
His was a life lived out in public in front of the people. Think one of today's politicians. His was a life lived out in public even as he tried to keep the fact that he was the Messiah secret, even as he tried to keep his power and authority secret. The word spread so fast that he literally could not go anywhere without being recognized and without people seeking him out for his power and authority because they wanted what he could do for them. The power to live that life came from his quiet time and his connection to the one who truly holds all power and all authority. Jesus stayed connected to God through prayer so that he could connect with people through the proclamation of God's love and redemption. Have you ever considered that you might be able to do the same work that Jesus did? Have you ever considered that you might be expected to do the same work that Jesus did? You are, if you have professed faith in Christ and you consider yourself saved from the wrath to come, you are expected to do the same work as Jesus. You are expected to proclaim the message of the good news of the grace and mercy of God the Father. You are expected to proclaim the message that the kingdom of God has come near. You are expected to go into all the world and work miracles and preach the gospel. And it's not just me saying that. Jesus himself said that. Here are the words in John 14, 12. And this is Jesus speaking. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these. Jesus said it. Anyone who has faith in him will do even greater things than he was doing. One of the sources that I used to study for sermons, for preaching, for Bible teaching, had a quote in it this week that really caught my eye and caused me to slow down and think. This gentleman writing the, the commentary said, When the church learns to speak and act with the same authority, meaning the authority that Jesus had, when the church learns to speak and act with the same authority, we will find the saving power of God unleashed once more. That caught my attention when I read it for the first time. It caught my attention when I read it for the second time. I actually wrote it down on a piece of paper so that I could dwell on it and pray over it. Initially, I wasn't quite sure I agreed with it, but then the more I thought about it and the more I prayed about it, the more I could agree with the truth of his words. We have the same opportunity to accomplish the work that Jesus accomplished. We may even have a greater opportunity thanks to modern day methods of communication, including bringing you a worship service online in which you can participate. But now I hear you thinking, I, I hear those thoughts in your head, but preacher, but preacher, what about the miracles? What about the feeding of the 5,000? What about the healings? How can we do that? Why do you say we're called to preach the gospel? We're not all called to preach. Listen to me. Let me remind you of the miracles that happen every single day that we have become so used to that we don't even think of them as miracles. There is a miracle of feeding that happens several times a week 
thanks to the call of God on the lives of people right here at Mulberry Street as we feed people through Macon Outreach and through the Outreach Garden. How many people do you think we've fed through the years? Now granted, we didn't start with several small loaves and a couple of small fish. Those were the resources Jesus had. He used what he was presented with. We started with the resources given to us by God, and we used them wisely. And we have fed far more than 5,000 people through the years that that ministry has been here. That is a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. People did not go hungry because of us. And what about healing miracles? Those miracles happen every day in hospitals and doctor's offices around the country, led by people who have responded to the gifts and graces that God has given them and entered the medical profession. Some of them knew that God was calling them to the medical profession. Other people don't, didn't even realize that God had created them to be medical professionals, but they felt something in their hearts and they went to work in the profession, and they bring healing, the miracle of healing, to more people than we can ever begin to count. And the preaching of the gospel. Yes, I am called to preach the gospel as an ordained elder in the Methodist Church. But being called to preach the gospel is not just a call to stand in the pulpit. That is a specific call that God places on the lives of some. Being called to preach the gospel is a call for every person who believes in Jesus as Lord and Savior to share his or her belief. It is a call to testify to the love of the Father through Christ the Son, the love that we experience every single day of our lives. N.T. Wright said, when the church learns to speak and act with the same authority, we will find the saving power of God unleashed. Ladies and gentlemen, when we learn to speak and act with the same power and authority of Jesus because of the presence of God in our lives, we will witness more miracles daily. We will see our pews filled post-COVID. We will see our pews filled by people who want to know what it's like to live in the love of a God who cares so much for us that we can't help ourselves but to share the good news. So how do we learn to speak and act with the same authority with which Jesus spoke and act, acted? We practice the same habit that Jesus practiced. We stay connected to God through prayer. With our connection to the Holy Father, we can speak with power and authority because we are sharing the message of what God's grace and mercy has accomplished as it has done the work of redemption in each one of us. We can speak from personal knowledge of what God can do in a person's life. And when we do, we truly do unleash the saving power of God into a world that needs it so badly a world filled with persons who are just waiting for an invitation to be a part of God's kingdom. My, my grandmother used to crochet beautiful pieces, a single string in the hands of a professional, of an expert, of a master, was looped and connected in just the right way until it became a work of art. 
we are like that single string. We are full of potential, but only able to become something worthwhile to God when we are put in the hands of a master creator and we are used to create according to his plan and according to his purpose. So let me ask you today, will you make yourselves available to God? Will you draw close to him as Jesus did and remain connected to him as Jesus did so that you can live up to the potential he's placed in your life, the potential to connect with others through your testifying to the work that God is doing in you? Will you speak with the authority that comes from a close connection to God and in so doing, unleash his saving grace? on the world that so desperately needs to see it and hear it and experience it. Will you let God take that single thread of your life, connect it so tightly to him that it becomes a work of art and so that it becomes something useful to him and to all the world? Will you do that? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.